Good morning, good morning. You are listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy this Sunday morning. It's a bit chilly, and so I thought we needed to have Shifting Glaciers this morning. That's the title of that track from the dance album from Michael Benhayen. Shifting Glaciers, we will be today as well. If you haven't joined me before, this is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their decision-making process and their consequences and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can then choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other and thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Today's show falls on Mother's Day in Australia, so is a celebration of what we can all bring as mothers in each other's lives. My guests are three women who each bring their own story to share with you about being a mother to one, two or many children, how it has worked out for them and what they have learned about themselves and others. Now, I was going to give a history lesson, I guess, about Mother's Day, but have changed my mind, as that is so easily found online. And you know what? I will put a link to a couple of um, good websites that talk about, you know, where it started, how it came about, um, the American woman that championed it, who then realized that it was overtaken as a, a commercial blah and tried to spend the rest of her life trying to stop it um but i thought it would be more interesting for us on this show to get to the nuts and bolts of what is true and what is not true in our role as mothers for my part i threw myself into motherhood i had had early practice with my two amazing brothers and had learned early on that it's not an easy job when they're crying or they won't sleep there is poo There is vomit, there are tempers to contend with, and it can be hard work. So I was really in no hurry to start and under no illusion of what was required of me when I did. The pictures painted by society, though, are really imposing. Examples of which are all women should want to have children. All women should be prepared to give up everything for their children. Children's wishes and needs should we put always before our own. We should make every effort to alleviate their pain and suffering. We should work hard around the house to ensure they can go off and do what they want to do in an, from an organized foundation, like cook, prepare all meals, wash and iron all clothes, ensure the house is always clean and tidy. If you don't have children, uh, you are less of a woman. If you don't love and adore being a mother, you are less of a woman. Having dedicated your life to your children, they now obviously owe you and they are there to make you happy and fulfill your needs in return for all the blood, sweat and tears you have shed in their name. And once they leave home, you are supposed to pick up where you left off before you had kids and remember how to do it and feel just as joyful and happy. Mm, Have I painted a picture of eternal self-sacrifice, perfection and all-knowing? Yes, yes, I uh, I can go on. And there are many pictures and ideals and beliefs, but I reckon you're getting the picture of where I'm coming from. A few of you may be saying that there's nothing wrong with any of those ways of thinking or believing. And to be honest with you, if exhaustion, depression, poor relationships, illness, dysfunctional lifestyle choices to scrape the surface 
have not come knocking on your door, then I'd say fantastic, good for you and go for it. Um, And just to maybe take one of those points, the foundation that we build at home, what if our role there isn't to do everything and pick up after everyone and do everything for everyone, but is a large part of their life education? What if it's to teach them how to cook, to wash, to bring um, order to our lives and order to their rhythm and routine, how to live with others, the responsibility and accountability in our choices? What if it's not doing it all ourselves and in doing it all ourselves, we're taking away some of those vital life lessons and then, you know, that contribute to us moaning about them being lazy and selfish and leaving it all to us. And so I speak personally from the person that did everything and then moaned that no one helped me. But you know what? My body loved me enough um, that it gave me a number of major stops in my life. It gave me space to consider that the way I was parenting was not honouring the woman I am first and foremost. And that the relationship I have with myself is one I took into the relationship with my now husband and the subsequent relationship with each of my gorgeous children. I am, and therefore, for the duration of this lifetime, a woman first and foremost. My first guest in the studio today is Janetta. Janetta is a self-described fairy godmother. Welcome, Janetta. Thank you very much. Now, you don't have children yourself, but you tell me you are a an auntie, a um, godmother, and a fairy godmother to children from, give me, you know, like what's the age span for you? So, yes, I've never had children, and um, I am an auntie to three. I'm a great auntie to two. Um, I'm a godmother to two, and I'm a fairy godmother to a myriad of young people from agings between two and 38. Um, I consider myself actually a fairy godmother to all of them, even the ones that are familial, Um, and um, I think I'm fairy godmother more than anything else. What does that involve? Well, as a fairy godmother, I don't have to be a parent, which is wonderful. Um, from when the my fairy godchildren are babies, um, I always talk to them as if they were adults. Um, as babies, it's more the quiet sort of tone of my voice. I've had crazy conversations and made all their parents laugh a lot because I talk about the um, the GDP and the economy and politics to a babe at arms and awesome. they all think that's hilarious. Yes. But, you know, the babe seems to just like the tone of my voice and settle down and go to sleep. <laughs> but you know what? Who Who's to say that a baby doesn't actually understand everything you're saying, Janetta, and that it's kind of it's kind of just contemplating. Yes. Who's to say that three-year-old doesn't sit there and go, "You're quite right, Auntie Janetta." Um, the 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 um, government of the day have got it completely wrong. That's it. My childcare should be completely free. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, by three, you can start to have yes. quite sensible conversations with them, and um, they do start to comprehend. And um, I think it makes them feel special mm-hmm. and it makes them feel grown up. 
and um, it, it's nice. Um, they'll sort the wheat from the chaff um, and uh, they ask questions as they need to. I don't cross any of the parental boundaries. I'm very, very careful about that. Um, and I don't uh, don't talk to them about sensitive parenting issues, um, you know, facts of life, all that sort of stuff. I don't mm. think that's not my role. My role is different from that. Um, I'm a very great advocate for parenting and I'm a great advocate for appropriate discipline and creating a safe boundaries for kids, but that's the parent's role. Mm. My role is different. My role is having more fun with them, but educating them in a different way. Um, there are um, something as an example of um, the sort of thing I do with them. I, I have great fun with, say, nine to 11-year-olds um on my computer showing them the Flat Earth Society. And, Heavens, uh, what is that? Well, there's this huge society in America which is still really alive and going really well that they're totally convinced <laughs> that the Earth's flat. And if you go <laughs> online and actually have a look at the Flat Earth Society, yeah. they've got all these um, scientific excla- explanations as to why the, the Earth isn't round and that it's mm. all a lie. Okay. So anyway, the kids and I all have great fun looking at that. I feel, I feel like that's going back a number of hundreds of years. But it's great for kids to be able to to work that out for themselves because actually through their eyes they yes. do see a world that looks pretty flat. They do just see the horizon. And it it is important to have the conversation about what is outside our sphere of vision and uh, what you know that that a lot goes on that we don't see and we're not aware of, and that actually is a great conversation to have with them. Absolutely, and that's where I think that fairy godmothers mothers can actually really be um, helpful to parents to to boost the kids' um, um, feeling of self confidence. Mm. A lot of kids really. Um, don't have that confidence that they really need, especially as they're growing up and they're young. They're vulnerable. They're going through all the changes they go through, puberty, all those sorts of things. And they're the time they're questioning themselves. Mm. And on top of that, they've got parents telling them to go and do their homework and Mm. that they're not doing good enough and try harder. Mm. So if a fairy godmother can come along and blow all that away for a while, I think that's quite healthy. What do you see when you look at mums? And the mothers around you and the mothers in the shopping centre, wherever it may be, what do you see their role and, and what they're having to contend with? Uh, I, I, I am concerned about um, the fact that mothers really do what you were talking about earlier. They just give themselves up to their children mm. and they lose their own identity. Mm. Um and I believe that because I haven't had children, I can look at mothers and see it from a different light. Yeah. And what I think that mothers should do, um, in my humble opinion, is I think that mothers should certainly when the kids are up to three or four years of age, it's 24-7, everything yeah. else goes, um, and that's and your hormones actually help you do that. You, you have to be just for your kids. But that's not forever. That's only a few years. Um, <clears throat> sorry, once your kids actually grow beyond that, 
I think they, mothers need to compartmentalise. And the mothers I see that do that well, where why they have time for their kids and they have time for themselves, when they have had time for themselves and they go back to being for their kids and being a mother, they embrace that with yes. such joy and they're, they're better parents for it and they enjoy it more because they've had time out for themselves. Mm. So I think that mothers do need to... Um, Tell their kids, okay, it's 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 mother time now. It's not mothering time now. It's time for me now. Yeah. And then there'll be time for you in a minute. So just give me my space. Yeah, I think that's so important. It is. It teaches. It teaches children something, doesn't it? Does. it? And it, I, I think that's where you have great value, and, and specifically why I asked you on the show today because that observation of something that when you're in the middle of it, you can get so consumed by it, you can get so weighed down by the the perfection that is needed uh, that you forget that you are a woman first. And as a woman observing other women, you... I suspect feel the loss of that in them, but and yet it's they're clearly still a woman. I mean, I was a woman. I had three children. I, I needed to be in a woman's body to be able to do that. But I then was I then forgot that I was a woman. Um, I consume I was consumed by my role as a parent, and I identified as that. So if my kids did well, I did well. If my kids were well behaved, well, I did a good job. If my kids were badly behaved, heavens, I must have done a really bad job. If my children, if my, I would let my, you know, when when we talk about how people speak to each other, have you noticed that mothers will let their family speak to them in a way that they would not let one of their friends speak to them? Absolutely. And this is this is a bizarreness that. I, I feel we really need to to put a, a standard in place I, for. Absolutely. And I see guilt being the cause of a lot of this, yes. the fact that they, for some reason, mothers feel guilty um, for not being superwomen. Yeah. And that they, rather than just easing back and realising that whatever they do, they're being great mums and they also need to be great for themselves as a woman. You know, um, the person who's coming on uh, to close our show, uh, a lady, a woman called Kate, um, she has her tagline as, um, you know, you know how we have on Facebook, you've got, you know, what your name is and then, you know, you sometimes have your job or where you've been. She says, just being awesome right now. And I, I really love that. Yes, that's wonderful. It, because it's an absolute embracing of the awesomeness that we have living within us that we see in this newborn baby that comes to us and yet we forget by the time we're a mum that we were once that awesome just for smiling and I often say to kids you know we celebrate them for peeing and pooing and vomiting and then we expect them to be able to hold it in (laughs) you know suck it up (laughs) not cry Um, and yeah, we, we lose that relationship with what we feel and what we, what we sense. So I, and yet on Mother's Day, we then give mothers permission to be the centre of our world, to say thank you for the 
gift that they gave us, the yes. gift of life that they birthed through their bodies. It yes. is extraordinary. Or the love and nurturing that they've given us through our upbringing because sometimes it's not a birth mother that is the woman that we celebrate on Mother's Day. Yes, well, that it's... It, that's so true. And one of the other things, which this, this may sound a bit crazy, but um, I believe that when you're born, the soul that's born within you is actually ageless. Mm, and so yes. therefore, uh, your soul when you're, that's, is actually quite adult. Yes. And it's, it's your ability to portray that as a baby will grow as you grow to be able to actually exude the soul and spirit that you really are. Yeah. So that's why another reason why you can speak as an adult. But I probably one of my great wishes is that one day um, they'll change Mother's Day to Mother's and Aunties and Godmother's Day. Yes. Because I think there are a lot of godmothers out there who haven't had children. Yes. Uh, fairy godmothers, that is, who haven't had children who need to be celebrated because they've done a hell of a lot yes. for um, other kids. Yes. Women in our community play a vital role. And as you say, whether or not someone has had a child if they're we are all in each other's lives we all have a role to play and imagine Jeanette if you hadn't been in the lives that you have been in the ripple effect that wouldn't be there you know it's it that's where I say to you happy mother's day thank you for all that you have contributed to all the the children in your lives and to the reflection that you're offering us now pretty cool thank you lucy very very much it's pretty cool yeah we have been talking about mothers and women and being a woman first and a mother second what would you say was one of the gifts that should always be on the list well even if they've got a physical gift for their mother i believe the greatest gift you could give to your mother is to collect as many family members together, be they children or relations or fairy godchildren or anybody, and get them together on Mother's Day and have a celebration of, um, of this person both ways both the, the, the fairy godmother and the fairy godchildren celebrating each other and and doing what, as you say, should be done all year round, spending more time and having just being interested in that person and realising how much that they have given you and you've given them. You've touched on something I hadn't actually thought about. I mean, I've thought about it before today, but not thought about it for the show. And that's that get to know someone beyond the role they play in your life. And I'm, I'm reminded how often we forget that our parents are people. And, you know, as an adult, I am still learning things about my mother, things this is Mother's Day, that I didn't know mattered to her or happened to her or or her her views on things you know it's it's a it's an opportunity to get to know our parent our mother as a person and 
the rounded person that she is. You're right. And I hadn't thought of that. And, and the other women in our lives who've played that role and who've been such an intricate part of our upbringing and the reflection of what a woman is in the world and the amazing potential that women have in the world as, as business women, as leaders, as community members, as teachers, that those are all options for us, aren't they, to learn? Absolutely. Be inspired and by Not only um, I can give you an example of my own mother. Uh, my mother had a terrible time in the Second World War. She was based for three years on a Lancaster bomber station in England. She was English. And um, she was one of only three women on that base. And they had the most shocking time because mm. they just kept losing everybody. Mm. And... Uh, I think that um, because of that, she was a different person to the person she would have been if she hadn't been through that experience. She's passed away about 10 years ago and I am now starting to actually explore and know my mother better and I think that's also really important. Even if your mother's no longer with you, you can also, you can still actually settle them on Mother's yes. Day as your mother and um, and my relationship might be even getting closer and closer to my mother as I start to learn more about what she went through in her life. So as you bring more understanding to why she behaved the way she did, absolutely, it doesn't excuse it doesn't excuse the behaviour and sometimes doesn't it doesn't uh, mean the pain isn't there. But the hurt is you start understanding why Absolutely. they behaved the way they did. So it, it means you can let it go, doesn't it? Yeah. She was a good mum, mm. but she obviously also had been through a really bad time, mm. which I'm just so grateful that I haven't had to go through in my life because yes. I think I've been blessed with living in a time of peace. Yes. Uh, and uh, and in a country of peace because actually there isn't a lot of peace around the world. We live in a part of the world absolutely. that is at peace. Absolutely. Compared to other parts of our globe. So she was a great mum mm. for what what had happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Lovely. Well, let, that's that's a beautiful a beautiful way to end the interview that we must celebrate mothers whether here or not to bring understanding, get to know them and don't let the barriers of time and clearly space, you know, that if they're not with us or they're not in our country or they're not in in this world that we don't still develop and deepen the relationship that we can have with them. Absolutely beautiful thank you janetta um, i look forward to having other conversations with you through the year thank you this morning we are talking about being a woman first and a mother second how we can get so consumed by the pictures the ideals and beliefs about being a mother and we can forget that we are a woman first and foremost Janetta just shared with us how she sees so many women puts their children's needs before their own self-care. And from experience, this is something we all feed and enable with each other. And champion is being a sign of a, a good, in fact, no, a great mother. Yet I've also seen and experienced the full stop, the exhaustion, the depression, and sometimes the life-threatening and life-taking illnesses that come from that exhaustion and depletion. So this conversation today is going to challenge that norm and offer insights from women who have some important stories to tell. 
My next guest is Nikki Ferguson. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you, Lucy. Um, one of the things I would love you to share with us, if at all possible, is what it was like being pregnant and a mother for the first time. That's a big question for me. <laughs> I don't throw the light ones in on Mother's that Day, do I? Such a big question because in two ways. Um, the first was where I was at in my life when I was pregnant and it wasn't the easiest time in my life. Um, I was overseas. I'd just come back from travelling. I didn't have a home. I was didn't have a job um, and my partner wanted to... Um, my partner wanted to um, break up from me, so I was, yeah, you know, it, it was it was a very challenging time. But in that, it was the the pregnancy itself and what my body was going through was very very supportive because I could feel this bigger connection to myself, deeper connection to myself. So I, um, so even though there was an emotional turmoil, if mm. you like, going on. And there were times where I felt quite anxious and I even almost had a panic attack twice, I think. Um, I came back quite quickly because I felt the importance of looking after another human being um, in my body. I, it was almost like a survival thing. My body was telling me, no, you need to really care for yourself. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> it was, and, it, and it was quite profound for me at the time because I thought, I'd always looked after myself, you know, I, I used to run, I used to eat healthy and I used to not eat healthy as well. But, you know, in general, by society standards, I thought I was fairly healthy. But this just made me go to one step further with it. It was like, even if there was one small thing that didn't support my body, I had to come back pretty quickly. Like my body showed me straight away. Was it, this is when you were pregnant, so yeah. the, it was like the sensitivity to your your level of self-care was upped and any lack of self-care was lowered. Absolutely, yeah. So the tolerance for it was like, no, that, that hurts or I, I don't feel comfortable with that or that hurts. So you, we're yeah. more tearful, we're more sensitive to noise and to heat and to... Yeah. Yeah. But my, my response to that was I was very obedient to that too, mm. which I loved. And I have not sure... Oh, yeah, I probably have had it since, but not for quite a while after the birth. I, I still, well, I went back into old patterns, but for the pregnancy itself, I was like, okay, I've got to listen to this right now. <laughs> do you think society gives us permission to do that as well? The moment you're pregnant, everyone goes, oh, you mustn't lift that. Sit down. No, take a rest. Yeah. <laughs> have a nap in the day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that was really gorgeous to feel too because everyone suddenly becomes open to you. Yeah. Like, you know, men that would have once, it would have been a come on to you, it was suddenly they, you could feel them, they felt like little boys almost and yeah. they had their whole hearts so, and their chests open up. Like it was just a... They showed their caring, their natural truly, innate caring. Yeah, their true caring. Um, so I loved it. I loved it. There was... It was such a beautiful feeling in my body, the pregnancy, despite the chaos that was going on around me. Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't considered it before, but when you're sharing how beautiful it was to be cared for like that mm. and to be given permission by society and yourself and others and the clothed people around you 
to nurture and look after yourself. Mm. When when your baby is born, actually, it's a bit of a shock because although people sort of think, yes, that carries on now, you're in and out of hospital, for example, within 12 hours. Mm. And And so there's an expectation to just get back to normal Mm. to get back to work within six weeks to Mm. get back to normal really quickly Mm. that would be actually quite painful i can i'm starting to look at postnatal depression in a different way now Mm. that is something that happened for you yeah it did um i think when i after i had the baby um my daughter it was it wasn't so much that I was being hurried back to work. If anything, I was wanting to go back to work mm. quickly because it was so exhausting and I don't think I really knew what I was in for before. I, um, you know, as much as I'd asked questions from other women, I didn't really get it and I didn't have a lot of people in my life that had had babies recently and... I think I, yeah, it was, what was it? I guess the, there was still care from people around you, but there was also, they weren't in it in the moment with you, really. And so, um, I, I guess it gave me a really good excuse to isolate myself because I didn't feel like anyone was going through, you know, Mm. those sleepless nights, Mm. night after night after night or, Mm. you know, other things that were going on at the time. Um, It it suddenly felt like all that care had disappeared from myself, for myself, because I saw, like like it was this sudden huge responsibility as soon as she was born um, to, to care for this other human being that is completely dependent on you like they can't do anything without you yes and at that time I was the only person that could do that for her um and it just felt very overwhelming and it felt and I didn't know how to ask for help when when I was pregnant and this has just dawned on me now but when I was pregnant it was all just coming in at me it was easy like I didn't even have to ask for any help it was just um flooding in and when she was born, it was like I needed to take the step to then um, to to, uh, to to seek it out, like where I needed it. And right. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't for a long time anyway. Mm. And I think that's why it developed to a point. Beautiful to acknowledge that, that, that about, about ourselves because there are a lot of women who either are single parents or in relationships but still equally feel quite isolated with the responsibility that it all comes down to you because this baby is so... It does need us. Mm. It can't do anything for itself. Mm. It It is totally dependent on us for its love and its nurturing and its caring. Mm. But beautiful to also acknowledge that there's a part of you that found it difficult to ask for help. Mm. Maybe because you didn't actually know what that help could look like. Mm. 
and it, yeah yeah i mean we 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 do innately know how to parent because we parent i mean people who haven't got children parent our children mm. but there is that moment of a deer in the headlights when we've had so much nurturing mm. when when it's like okay off you go now you've you've had your groundwork now go for it um and some parents some mothers i believe don't actually deal with that feeling mm. all the way through their parenting days mm. i think i think there is an element of no no one really understands what i'm going through mm. that that remains with them mm. have you experienced that i mean your daughter's now how old seven seven a beautiful mm. seven-year-old um do you do you find that you know there are still things that you're learning about yourself? I mean, I, as a teenage mom, as a mum of teenagers, I I could say yes. But what for you? Things that I'm learning about myself still. Oh gosh, every day, <laughs> yeah. And as a mother, like, every day, um, she is a constant reflection of where, like, where I'm at you know, in myself, you know, if I'm off in any way, like if I feel a bit stressed or um, I'm kind of racing around and not really connecting with her, for example, when we get home through the door and, you know, I just go straight to unpacking the bags and cooking and not really connecting with her in any way. What does connecting with her look like? So it would be instead of asking her just how her day was and doing something else it would be you know really um having that that warmth that we know as a mother that kind mm -hmm. of being I think firstly from myself like when I've say left work and I've I come you know I'm I'm ensuring that I'm with me like I'm you know, I've I've checked in with how I'm feeling mm -hmm. before I even pick her up from school. So know. an example of that might be if you've had a tough day and you've had some really tricky conversations or you had to deal with some tricky clients, yeah. making sure that that is put to one side and not taken out on your child. Absolutely, yeah. Great, okay. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm getting at. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think the reason I'm struggling with that answer is because the last couple of weeks we're, we're moving and there's a lot going on. And so I'm being made more accountable than ever yeah. in that. And so I, even though I've acknowledged it and, and I can have an awareness of it, I've still got to um, work with it more. Yes. You know, we've got to both go deeper with this because there's a lot more going on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's my responsibility and it, there's partly her responsibility in that too. Janetta, the the lady we interviewed before, was saying that um, she feels that in every child there is an adult person just learning how to cope with that small body but growing into their big body. Yeah. It was fascinating hearing that. her saying it. So <laughs> when she talks to children, she talks to them as adults. Yeah. And this is what you're sharing with me that you do. Yeah. You know that you need to respect your child as an adult. So you don't say, you know, you don't understand or no, 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 it's not for you to know. You're moving house. That's going to require, mm. bearing in mind, it's just the two of you. Mm. That's going to require teamwork. Mm. And and perhaps there's there, there are things that you need to, to do a little bit more of. 
and don't have as much play time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and it is an everyday thing. Mm. Like every day we've got to work with that. Yeah. You know, and, I, and it's not just when I'm moving. I think I, my feeling is that is our my responsibility as a parent yes. to every day um, explore things with her, like in our relationship. And that's what it's, she's brought to me as well is this much deeper commitment to relationship, to um hearing really truly hearing what someone's saying like whether they're saying it with their words or whether they're saying it with their behavior yeah <laughs> both are very expressive right? very <laughs> and so I've had to learn how to express yeah you know and I've had to look at my behavior and yeah so that's what I mean by the reflection it's like always you know and I you know I don't want any stone unturned with that yeah. because I instantly see that you know, it has an effect on me and her. Yeah. Whereas before I didn't really do that. I could easily, you know, zone out for the weekend or... Watch TV, watch, whatever. yeah, just sit and, yeah, yeah. veg. Yeah, um, Can I ask what Mother's Day used to look like for you and if it looks any differently now? Before I had a I don't a know, child. yeah, before... Uh, yes, maybe it's before you had a child or in the early days of having a child. Does it... Have you... Has it changed over the years or do you always do the same thing? Um... Well, before I had a child, it would have been um, it would have been like the sl- the slippers and the the robe for mum with the flowers, yeah, <laughs> and you know maybe a nice lunch or something, yeah, um, and yeah, yeah, it's kind of still like that with my mum, I guess, um, but with. Now it's, I don't know if it's changed too much, actually. So what we, does your daughter, does your daughter do anything for you or give uh, you She anything? usually makes me cards and, yeah. yeah, from school, Yeah, you know, things like that. And she always says, well, it's Mother's Day, so you get to do, <laughs> we get to do what you want to do. Ah, you know? that's very interesting. Yeah. So there's a real difference between what you, your day and... The rest of the time is more in 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 her perception might be more what she wants to do. Yes, and we've clearly given them that yes. perception. So, yeah. Now we do have a special guest in the studio today, um, with your permission, Mum. Absolutely. Would you like to say anything to your mum today on Mother's Day? Mm. What do you think is important for mums to get on Mother's Day? Hugs. Yeah. And kisses. Oh yes. <laughs> and unless I'm sick, because Mum doesn't want to get sick. Unless you're ah, sick. so you would kindly not kiss your mum and hug your mum if you were sick, because you wouldn't want her to catch what you had. No. I think that's very thoughtful of you. <laughs> very thoughtful. Now, um, what do you think that mums in general? This is a seven-year-old, so I'm going to be very careful how I word this question. Do you think that mums... Does it look fun to be a mum? Mm. Mm. No. Why is it not fun? Because you've got to go to work, you've got to get... You got, you're always busy. You've got to make the lunches. You've got to help. But that's kind of fun sometimes. But... Some of the other things aren't that fun. Yeah. So, like, the going, what would you say the not fun things were? Going to work and making the lunches? Yeah. 
Yeah, and also having to look after too many kids. Yeah. If you've got one kid, it's good. Yeah, of course, because it's awesome in your house, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you've got, like, three or a couple of... Um, I can't. <laughs> um, kids, then it's not that easy. You think it's harder, especially if you've got a couple of kids and you've got a sick one. Yes, so it's much much harder. Did you do a card for Mum today? I did a lot of presents, a lot of cards. Hmm, what else? Oh, and from my school, um. There was a Mother's Day store, so I got another uh, another present from her for her. Has Mum opened all your presents? No. Oh, so we can't talk about what they were. <laughs> That's very kind. So you've come in on Mother's Day. I think it's rather lovely that you've shared your day with us here at Triple H. I'm and stay in the loop with Lucy. I'm very, very honoured that you considered us as part of your day. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing with us the, the, the growth, really. Thanks, Lucy. We have just had a great discussion this morning about being a woman first and a mother second, how we can get so consumed by the pictures, the ideals and beliefs around being a mother that we can forget that priority. Janetta shared how she is mother to many and how important the role of friends and family and community are in our children's lives. Nikki shared with us the importance of foundations and how these can be reassessed at any point by the reflections of our of our children but also you know that that um, there's a playfulness that can come in there too. My guest joining me hot off the heels of a Mother's Day breakfast with her two teens and before she takes her own mother out for lunch is Kate Arthur. Welcome, Kate, to our Mother's Day special. <laughs> Thank you. Now, how was your how was your Mother's Day special this morning? Your oh, it was lovely. Yeah. It was lovely. I mean, it was probably very early for us on a Sunday morning, but uh, my eldest had to go off to work, so they booked a nice cafe close to her work, so... We got up and had a cup of tea and then got in the car and drove to Kirribilli for a really lovely breakfast, actually. It was nice. You have been a single parent for 13 years, so you've done their teenager, teenage years pretty much on your own, yes. in the home, you know, all of that, that day-to-day that, that goes with, um, with parenting teens. You've had to play both roles in that house. Yeah, mother and father, yes. How's yeah. that been? Um very stressful at times mm. but um, I think that the key for me has been trying to make sure that I get the balance right for me as well and remember that you know I need some time for me mm. um, which has been easier to find as the kids have got older yes um, especially when they started driving yeah um, even though the driving is probably the hardest thing to do as a single parent I think mm. sometimes mm. <laughs> and it all, it all lies on you but um it's been an interesting 13 years, you know, we've had our ups and downs and stuff and, and sometimes I'm amazed that we've, we've got to where we've got, but um, it's been very rewarding. 
Because you have a relationship, you have a good relationship with both of your teens. I happen to be blessed to 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 see that and witness yeah. that, and and yet you've you have stood by your rules and your standards and your uh, you know you haven't you haven't just let it be. They're not your best friends, which is it's so no. important, isn't it? I think um, I think as we're getting older, I mean we're getting along probably more that friendship is starting to come through. Yes. But, it's, you know, it's been very important for me that, you know, that they have boundaries and, and know what what's right and wrong. Mm. And so many people put, oh, no, I want to be their best friend at first instead of being a parent. Mm. Um, and I've tried my best to, to steer, well, you know, still remain friendly with them and be their friends, but also make sure that they know who the parent is in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm pretty fair. I'm not a tough parent, but yeah. I'm fair. Um, and I very, very rarely get angry at them. And so they know if I do get angry, there's an issue. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know. so, How um, have you gone with um, keeping that sense of being a woman first and a mother second? Very, it's been very difficult for me. Mm. Um, you know, because uh, the kids were so little when, when my husband and I separated. Um, and I did throw everything into them and work, um, and and you know, it probably took me about four or five years to realise that I actually wasn't doing any time for me. Mm. Um, you know, and I was extremely exhausted and tired, and you know, everything was all consuming for a while. Um, so, and I so I started running. Um, I don't, I still don't do as much as I'd like to, but. Getting up and in the morning before all the kids before the kids woke up and going for a quick run around the block, which then became two blocks and three blocks, yeah. um, or, or even just getting up way before them and having that cup of tea in the silence, yes, started becoming really important mm-hmm. to me for being able to start the day and and especially because um, of the work that I do, you know, you're constantly talking to people all day. It was very important for me to find that really quiet time. Mm. Um, and before the the day demands started happening, mm. but it took me a long time to realise that I was not actually doing anything for myself at all. Um, and then once I did that, I sort of now try to find at least, especially on the weekends, of course, but at least some time where I do something for me. Yeah. Now whether that's catching up with friends or just going to the gym or going for a run, it's really important. I try to get that in on the weekend, and I really notice it now if I don't do it then you know you get to Monday and you're sitting at work and it's kind of like I'm exhausted because I didn't find that downtime for myself. Do you feel it's offered them a a role model of you as a woman and what it is to be a woman in the world? Um I sometimes I wonder if I'm if I'm doing the right role model for them um I think so I think I I'd like to think that I teach them you know that you've got to work hard and, Mm. and do the right thing and you know, um, have those high morals and, expe- and expectations of yourself mm-hmm. more so than other people. Um, you know, I've certainly, my daughter especially, I'm ex- incredibly proud of her. She works really, really hard mm. um, to, to reach her goals. And, well, my son's doing HSC, so we'll just get him through that first and see what happens <laughs> after that. But... Um, I think I've been a good role model. I mean, the kids, I'm lucky that occasionally the kids have told me that they're actually proud of me. So, Stunning. 
Yeah, so I think. Well, I'm not surprised, obviously, because I, you know, I you you were and. An, it just was so clear that I really wanted your voice to be able to share with our listeners just um, quite how you've how you've done it, and also there's, parenting teens is not easy. But no. the next bit is where they actually start to not need you, where it starts to show how much you've invested in them needing you for your self worth yeah. as well. So you know we talk about empty nest, and it's like oh, heavens, they actually, one, don't need me to drive them anywhere now. Yeah. And two, they now actually don't need me to cook for them and they don't yeah. really need me. <laughs> so I, don't I know, and that, that's something over the last um, last couple of months, especially, and I guess, um, especially when my daughter finished HSC um, and she's been travelling and so it's just been my son and and I at home and then when he, he sort of started getting quite more social with his friends, so I'm left sort of sitting at home some nights going, wow, you know, this mm. is what my future looks like. And, and it's, it's hit me quite hard sort of knowing that in a couple of years that they won't, um, you won't be around 24-7 mm. and I'm, you know, here on my own. Um, and I sometimes wonder, God, how, how did I get here? Like that's gone so fast, you know, they were so little. But, mm. um, you know, when you put your head down and, and just, work and be a parent 24-7 and suddenly realise, wow, you know, they don't need me to do these things. It's, it's, wow, what do I do now? You know, and that's something that I'm sort of struggling with at the moment is trying to go, okay, well, what's the next stage in my life um, once they're they're up and gone? And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd love them to move out of home uh, most days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I love having them at home. But, you know, we're all sort of in that next next stage of our lives you know um my daughter's going to be 20 in august you know um and lucy you know our girls are the same age it's it's kind of like wow where did that time go absolutely you know you know and they're turning into really lovely young women themselves yes um yeah making their own decisions and their own lives doing their own thing but you know sometimes i do sit there going well you know um you actually don't need me yeah and and so now what's next for me? And that's that's something in my life at the moment. It's sort of career and, and things is what sort of direction do I take now? Mm. And that's almost the gift that they give us in their teenage years, isn't it? Because as they've gone through their teenage years, they've almost rejected are overmothering and are overparenting and they've gone you know what <laughs> just just back off like we we're, we're given preparation for the bit where they go yeah thanks i'm off uh, yeah. <laughs> or i'll be back on the weekend i'll bring my washing or whatever it is but yeah. there is you know they they do prepare us um for that bit but how if we're not i mean I, i've moved out of my mother's home when gosh i was I don't know, I think I was 16 and then I went back because I went to boarding school for a bit and then I came back for a bit and then moved out and flatmated and, you know, Mm. I wasn't home that much after that and yet Mm. um, I think about how my mum coped with that and I think she she still needs us to see her as as our as our mother and and and, a, and very much needs to be needed mm. as a mother not as a as a woman and i think mm. that that's part of that generation i don't know what it is but something has changed i i think a lot of it has to do with you know our mothers i mean my mum had um 
a part-time job over the years and things, but she certainly didn't work full-time or mm. the six-day weeks that, like, I have been doing. Mm. And, I, and I think she had more of a chance to sort of be there for us after school. I mean, some of my fondest memories have been, you know, of coming home from school and, you know, on a cold, wet, rainy day, mum's got hot chocolate and pikelets going, you oh, know, and, and, and I've often suffered from working mother's guilt in that way that I haven't been able to give my children that. Yeah. Um, and, but I'm also lucky that mum is around and over the years she's she's been here for the kids after after school for me mm. um, and, and done those things and I really, I, I feel that I've kind of been cheated as a mother in that way because I haven't been able to do that and I'm often worried that because I haven't been around, um, because I've been working, that the kids, you know, um, have missed out but what it has done is, over the years is made them so self-sufficient and so I don't have any worries about, you know, with my daughter travelling overseas, I actually, I mean, I worry about her, but I know that she can cope. Yes. I know that she, she's got those coping mechanisms because I have had to make them probably grow up probably a little bit too much too early. Mm. However, I look at them now and go, well, that, you know, it, it has, the, you know, a lot of things that went, that have gone on over the years has actually helped them cope better out in the world. Yes. Um, You've then, given them then, life skills, Kate. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think um, probably a little bit earlier than what they, they should have got, but they've got some amazing life skills now. And, and I hope that they can look back on, on these years with some fond memories um, of me being a mother, mm. <laughs> um, like I can you know, look at, back on the years with my mum. And I, I mean, I'm lucky that my mum is, is still around and and still and especially over the years they've been an amazing support um for, for me and you know if anything probably mum has reminded me over the years you know you've got to find some some time for you um you know you can't be all work and no play yeah lovely you know which which i do tend to do a bit and i do tend to sort of throw myself into work more mm. um and the kids but the kids have got those life skills now, which I'm really proud of. But I do feel very guilty that there's been a lot um, of times that I probably should have been at home instead of at work. Um, it's and, the and, you biggest know, dilemma. The, yeah. It is the biggest dilemma. But, you know, um, I, a bit like you, you know, I went to boarding school and then after after school was living out of home. I mean, mum and dad were back here in Sydney. I was down in Melbourne. And yeah. I've done that gone in and gone out of yeah. mum and dad's place. Um, so the kids, I mean, the kids being home, for me, it's kind of like, you know, when I was your age, I was living out of home. Yeah. What are you still doing? Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but I know, but I know with the kids that when they do move out of home, they will have those skills to be able to cope. Yes. And, and when they do ring me, it'll be because they actually need me. Um, and that'll be nice. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is that sort of, you don't need me now, but I'm still here when you do yeah lovely and, and always will be there's it's a yeah. it's a perpetual um open invitation in a way isn't it absolutely yeah. yeah lovely kate fantastic now what do you consider a great mother's day present Oh, in all honesty, a cup of tea in bed. Had <laughs> 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 a glass of wine at the end of the day but yeah i'm, I'm lucky the kids the kids over the years and um it, it 
when they started to be able to sort of, you know, I can trust them in the kitchen to boil the kettle and make me a cup of tea. And there's, mm. there's been some lovely cups of tea and some others that have been a little bit too milky or too weak. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I, you drink it anyway because yeah. it was made for you. And I think, and, and the kids this morning, you know, got me a cup of tea in bed before we went off to breakfast, which was just divine. They and know the routine. Having, they do know the routine. And, and, you know, it's been lovely sort of watching it change over the years with them. You know, it started from with burnt toast and then, you know, eggs and bacon and, you know, it's been lovely. Yeah. And, and the kids will be cooking dinner this evening, which will be nice. So That's lovely. Kate, know. thank you so much for sharing yeah, um, oh, your story and giving us an insight into your Mother's Day from, you know, you. as a parent, as a mother, but also as a daughter. It's been thank very you. helpful. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lucy. And you have a good happy Mother's Day too. I will. I will. Ours is planned to go for a walk in the rain by the the looks of things now. (laughs) 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 All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So consider this. We have just had three women share with us how we can lose ourselves in being a mother. But each of them also share how they know that they are better mothers when they have time for themselves, when they give each other, give themselves the presence of self-honouring, um, when we get a gift of something that's cosy and nice-smelling and time. Maybe we can use that this year as a foundation so that we know it's the importance of honouring me time, self-care, self-love, that it's not safe for the special days or the special occasions. We can thank each other for the gift and not really perpetuate that self-sacrifice and that, you know, we're loved for that self-sacrifice. We really, we really do need to, to stop championing that at the expense of our own health. Otherwise, we're enablers of not a very healthy pattern that leads to exhaustion, resentment, bitterness, and sometimes some of the short tempers we can experience, um, you know, and, and being on the receiving end of that self-sacrifice sucks. Ask any child or teen if it's inspiring or actually feels good when they can feel the exhaustion and resentment coming through what we're doing for them, but we're doing them because we're resentful and we're exhausted. Um, children are probably the the most honest barometers in our lives if we give them permission to be so and they can be the greatest reflection in our lives of what it feels like to be on the receiving end of our loving um, and mothering. Um, I have had the greatest growth from my beautiful children who have shared with me very bluntly and very honestly sometimes where I think I've been doing something very lovingly and they've actually not found it uh, to be received in that way. So lots we can learn. I feel a bit passionately about women's health and how many illnesses are as a result of lifestyle illnesses and, and entirely preventable. I also feel passionately about family dynamics and relationships and feel mothers bring the most incredible steadiness to a home. As women, we can reflect what a joy it is to be a woman in playfulness, with our self-care, full of sass, um, the with that expresses in so many different ways as partners, as mothers, as friends, as business and community members, as leaders, as political leaders. When we live true to who we are, to our 
essence, there is so much less room for conflict, comparison, jealousy, perfection, and the slippery road to self-bashing and uh, perfection and exhaustion. Now, one of the things I must share with you is that we have an event happening at Event Cinemas on Tuesday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And it's uh, the first in this year's um, Love Me First meetups. After the International Women's Day, we've got them in May. We've got them every single month up until November. But the first one is this Tuesday, 15th of May, our relationship with our bodies. Now, it can be male or female. You don't have to be a woman coming, but it will be um, a, a conversation about how we can take time in our busy schedule to listen to our bodies and how our bodies are communicating with us all the time. Should you want some parenting support, and we have got, I have got as YBU, I have got a, a parenting uh, group starting tomorrow at 6.30 at Gordon Library. Check out the YBU website, ybu.com.au website for um, details of what that is going to be through the term. And uh, we kick off this Monday night uh, and we'll look at what the theme is we're going to do for the year. We'll tailor it to what's relevant to the people in the room. So let's celebrate this Mother's Day with a gift to the women in our lives and embrace their gift. It's not just for one day that the slippers, the baths, the massages, the you time can be a smidgen of every day as a foundational reminder of the amazing inspiration they have offered to us in our lives and we offer to them in their lives. I look forward to seeing you and uh, you joining me next week for Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Tune in live on Triple H 100.1 FM at 8.30 a.m. or listen later in the day via the Stay at Loop with Lucy podcast whenever you, wherever you get them. And don't forget they're on iTunes, Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher and tune in. It is always pertinent, I feel, to remind ourselves that whatever has or is happening in our lives, we are and always will be us, constantly learning, but underneath in our essence, amazing. The key is to reconnect with that space and learn to build a relationship with our body that holds that essence so we can recognize when our body's trying to tell us something is not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health. By listening and rebuilding, um, sorry, by listening and responding, we can build the tools to address what we do not yet feel equipped to manage Because, of course, we most likely do have the skills. We just don't have the confidence to apply them. Look for support in the community. It is there. So time um, to open up to that support and learn to build trust again. That way we don't wait for life to come to us. We take ourselves to life and be the change we want to see. Till next week's show, be kind, be caring, be loved, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.